Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the connections to get it done. And here is your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Eyes West. This is Dick Crawford, and today's introduction was from today's guest, Anne-Marie Faulkner from Beaverton, Oregon. She and I have trained in the same network for many years, and we have a very similar approach to the real estate business. That's why I trust her implicitly. Today's episode is a wonderful opportunity to get to know Anne-Marie and the Beaverton area that she serves. If you would like a formal introduction, simply contact me or your local agent, and we will hook you up and stay in contact as you work with Anne-Marie. As a quick side note, when searching for the Eyes West podcast, use all one word, Eyes West. So thank you for being on the program this morning, Anne-Marie. How are you doing today? Oh, it's a pleasure for me to be here. I'm doing great. It's Good. a beautiful day here in the Beaverton, Portland, Oregon area. All right. Excellent. Good to hear it, and it's good to have you with us. Let's start with your work. Take 30 seconds here. Where are you in your real estate career today? Well, coming up this March, I will have enjoyed 27 years of helping families with their real estate needs, and it's been an exciting journey along the way, let me tell you. <laughs> 27 years, I'm sure it has. There's a lot, uh, a lot to cram in in 27 years. That's good. Now, let's, let's get a brief profile on how you work. What's your approach to the business of real estate? Well, I have to uh, I'm more relational. So when I meet people, I like to get to know them and not just in, in their, their needs for their real estate needs. And I, I do a lot of listening. And as I tell them, beforehand before we like to start to look at properties if I'm working with buyers I'm listening for what they like and don't like and that type of thing so uh, how I work is is to listen and then I like to teach I have a teaching background and I think it's really important that you help guide people along the way you navigate them through the process of either selling or buying because this is what we do it's not what they do every day and there's certain things that we as realtors can help navigate and make it easier for our clients and um, have them uh, have the confidence that they are well cared for. Very good. A navigator. Uh, that's a good description, and that's a very good uh, visual, too. Now, we, we wear a lot of hats as realtors. What's your one favorite hat that you wear during the transaction, all those different things that go on as a navigator? Oh, there's many hats I really enjoy wearing. Uh, one of my favorite hats is uh, negotiating. I love to negotiate uh, where uh, even in a competitive market, there's always a skill of negotiating that I can uh, pull up and, and use. And, and that makes it, um, it makes it fun, but it's also a fair negotiating. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes, so you're, you're trying to just get the be best outcome for everyone so that everybody feels good about it, and that, that kind of reduces the problems later if everybody's yeah. uh, pretty happy with where they end up. Now, if, if I'm looking at the map, what is your geographic area that you serve? What are some of the boundaries or some of the small cities around? Well, Beaverton is actually a city of around 90,000 people, and, and you can drive 
through it and you know it's really centrally located in the Portland metro area so I always say I'm from Portland because most people know where that is when they think of Beaverton they think of Nike that's our main employer here um, Hillsboro is also 20 minutes away so from Beaverton I can be downtown Portland in 10 to 15 minutes actually from Beaverton uh, from Hillsboro to Hillsboro it's 20 minutes it's 20 minutes to uh, Westland it's uh, less than 20 minutes to Wilsonville it's across the street to Tigard um, it's uh, it, it's really centrally located so I think I always plan when I'm here if I'm going somewhere I gotta plan 20 minutes okay you're 20 minutes from everything <laughs> pretty much pretty much the signs on the freeway say if if you lived here you'd be home by now for you you're just 20 minutes from everywhere <laughs> so that's a good place to be <laughs> now give me uh you gave me one about um about the area that that nike was the uh was the big influence in the area give me a couple more bullet points that you want our listeners to uh to know about beaverton by the end of the call just just a couple of quick okay. bullet points First of all, Beaverton is the most diverse city or suburb in the Portland area. Uh, we have such a great multicultural gathering of people. We have great multicultural restaurants, food. We also have the wonderful, wonderful Beaverton Farmers Market that is, uh, people love coming to it. Portland has their Saturday market and Beaverton has a farmers market that so many vendors come in and sell their fresh produce, their um, handmade crafts and so on. It's been food of course uh, to, to eat and it's wonderful. So that is that's great and that's connected right next to the beautiful Beaverton Library. Uh, we also have the Max system that comes through Beaverton. So if you want to go to downtown Portland or out to Hillsboro, you don't have to drive. You can just park. You can get on the Max, go to the zoo, go downtown, and not have to worry about taking your oh. car and parking. It's wonderful. I can nice. even take it to the airport. I have actually taken the Max from Beaverton to the airport. Nice. A great public transportation yeah. and some mm -hmm. farmer's market uh, activities to enjoy along the way. Very good. And then Nike is mm -hmm. the big influence. Excellent. Now take, um, take two minutes and tell me about the area. What can we expect uh, when we go to that area? You can expect good clean air. We have such great, you know, Oregon is known for having uh, people move here because they want a healthy lifestyle. So we have good clean air. Um, it's a temperate. The temperature is, is pretty mild in the winter, maybe down to 35. Once in a while it gets a little colder, but not too much. Uh, okay. The winters are beautiful and sunny, cheaper than California. That's why, and it's and, and cheaper. It's more cost-effective to live here than California or Seattle area. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You know, people always say cheaper, but cost-effective is probably the best way to say it. There you get more bang for your buck. Yeah. There you go. Okay, good. Now, what's the what's the vibe? Are there uh, you've got Nike? Are there tech firms? Is it a college town? What's what's the vibe in that sense? Well, we we do have we have several colleges here. We have Portland University and University of Portland, um, Warner Pacific. We have a number of different colleges here. We have a lot of tech companies. Intel is our number one employer. Uh, Intel has locations in Beaverton and Hillsboro. And uh, 
of, of the people I work with, a large percentage are, do work at Intel. We have a lot of software companies, um, a lot of music going on. And we just, it's a, just a lot of tech companies here. Good. That's a, that presents its own vibe in a lot of different ways too, so that's very good. Mm -hmm. We talked earlier about what you love about your city. Uh, before we get into that, what are some popular activities that people enjoy during the year? You mentioned the farmer's market and such. What else might there, there be to do during the year? Any, any signature events or annual festivals or anything like that? Well, we have the Hood to Coast a Relay. That is in the end of August every year, and, and that's an event where people from companies will get together and say, hey, let's do the Hood to Coast Relay, and that's where they run, from Mount Hood to the coast, which is about an hour, 15 minutes to the mm. ocean. Wow. And they, they run in teams and to the coast. So that's kind of a fun event. We have lots of concerts, open-air concerts, whether they're at the zoo or along the waterfront. We have um, that kind of, it's called the Taste of Portland, and it's, uh, where you go to, along the waterfront and you can eat different foods, try different beverages. Um, we just a lot of fun things here. And then if you like gardens, we have the Japanese garden. We have the Lanzhou garden, which is the Chinese garden, which is made from an exact replica of a city over in China. Uh, we have the Oregon Zoo. We, you know, we have Forest Park, which, by the way, is the largest park within the city limits in the whole United States, right here in Portland. Really? Wow. Yeah. And it's green. This this area is green year-round. I'm looking outside here on the grass. It's green. Yeah. And I actually have some flowers still blooming in my at home. <laughs> okay. So uh, I would imagine a very popular activity for people in other parts of the country, a uh, very popular activity in Portland would be to enjoy the greenery in the winter because that's not that's not a common thing, but you've got it up there. Mm -hmm. No. And then we have Mount Hoods. We have skiing and snowboarding. We have people who like to hike, people who like to bike, love it here because we are a very bike-friendly city. We have a lot of bike lanes. It's probably one of the most bike-friendly cities, if not the mm. most. We have Multnomah Falls, which is an iconic, you know, great falls that people come to look at, and that's just 30 mi miles, a uh, 30-minute drive. Um, is that, is that the falls with the bridge in front of it that everybody takes a picture yes. of? Yes, yes. And, and what's the name of it? Multnomah Falls. If you like to uh, partake in tasting of homemade uh, microbreweries, we have probably the largest per capita of microbreweries here in Portland. I've, I've heard area, something about area. that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and then just 30 minutes from from uh, this area here in Beaverton, uh, south of Portland, you're right there in Yamhill County, which, um, well, less than that, but when you go further into Yamhill County and you go up to some of the wineries there, um, you can almost think like, man, am I in Italy or France? It's beautiful. The mm. scenery is beautiful. This is such a big draw for people if, if they like outdoor activities, if they like somewhat not too severe weather. It's a wonderful place to live. You, uh, you do have one thing that you love about your city that we uh, have talked about in the past. What, what is that one thing that you love about your city? Well, I love the beautiful scenery, the clean air, and the wine. 
Um, (laughs) You know, we have the Willamette Valley and Yamhill County have the best Pinot Noirs. They almost say in the world. That's why there are so many people, uh, big companies from France and California coming up to this area and buying land because they can't beat it. Huh. Um, Okay. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing. And I've watched that along the way because I've I've known when we've had five wineries in Yamhill County back when I did another job and sold packaging. And now we have hundreds. Who knew? That's a great wine area. And from around the world they come. So that's Mm -hmm. that's a big endorsement. Mm -hmm. Among those things, what do you think are the top three reasons uh, people might be relocating to Oregon? Uh, is there a lot of job growth, or is it just to get away from it all? What What do you think? That's a really good question. The, the really, I think the main reasons I hear people are moving to Oregon from California or Seattle is it's the lower cost of living. We have a great outdoors. We have nice, clean air. Good employment here. Big tech companies. That is a big draw for people. So that's a good mix. Very good mix. Mm-hmm. What is the employment outlook? Uh, you mentioned Nike and you mentioned a bunch of tech firms and such. Uh, is there anything uh, you know, in the mix, anything on the horizon that's, that's coming for expansion? I forgot to also mention we have Adidas is here as well as Nike, the Nike World Headquarters. We have manufacturing, other outdoor apparel, and the, the real estate market is, is good here, but it's a very low inventory. Yes, it's very tight in a lot of different areas. And we'll definitely talk about that in a second because that's one of the focuses of the call. But real quickly, describe two or three ways a new resident can get involved in the community. Um, you know, beyond the standard Rotary, Rotary Club or PTA, what are maybe a couple of local organizations that people might, might want to volunteer with? Depending on their interests, of course, it can go back and go a number of different avenues because we have Portland Mission, Union Gospel, Salvation Army, those kind of things to be involved with. We have a number of organizations to feed others and so on. We have clubs, memberships of where you can go and like Sports Nation and, and then exercise and it's a great way to interact. And Is there a... Is there a signature annual event that is pretty much run by volunteers that kind of makes it a big big community um, effort? Probably the Relay to Portland where it's for uh, cancer. That would be a, a one. Uh, Susan G. Coleman. So you've got a ton of different events, ton of different organizations, so pretty easy for somebody uh, who's new to the area to get involved. Yeah, no, so you know what I do too, too, Dick, is I actually find out what their interests are. And then I coordinate and, and, and uh, give them a list of these interests or contact some people there and say, hey, we've got some people moving into the area. They're really interested in dog parks. Well, actually, I can show them that. Hey, let's go look at the dog parks. Dog parks are meeting people. Okay, so these people are interested in a book club. Okay, let, let's get them into a book club. I find out what their interests are, Dick, and then I posture activities around that. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. That's beautiful. And that's uh, that's a big function of a realtor in an area like that where there's so many opportunities, but there's people moving in from out of town and they just kind of, they're not sure. You know, they want to land on both feet. And that's an important way to do it because we are social animals and we want to be able to be a part of things. So that's a huge, a huge service that you provide. 
Let's talk about growth for a minute. How are regional services keeping up, or or is growth is that an issue? Is growth an issue, or is it fairly steady and and not so quick? You know, what's the vibe around that with regional services? We have what's called an urban growth boundary. The purpose behind that is to prevent urban sprawl. It's worked really well, and with that, we have gotten smaller lots. Now, how does that tie into the Portland growth? Well, they just expanded the urban growth boundary. So they a lot opened up other areas that we can now, builders and developers can go in and buy the land and divide it up into, you know, uh, neighborhoods. Okay. And that's all regulated here out of the Portland Metro government. It's called Metro. They do dictate for Beaverton, Hillsboro, and, and the surrounding areas. All right, good. Oh. So, so it's mm-hmm. there's managed growth might be the word for it. It's managed. It's absolutely managed growth. Absolutely, and they and again they just released some land so that's going to enable us to build some more new housing. So and the nice uh, thing there is uh, it's it's not rampant. You get an opportunity to expand a little bit in, out into the into the wilds. But you're still, quote unquote, 20 minutes from everywhere. So it's it's still a very good, um, it's a good situation. And, and what they what a lot of the developers are doing too is when they create a neighborhood, they're they're creating not just a homogeneous neighborhood where they're all the same type of housing and uh, the same looks to housing. We don't do that. Each house they may have the same floor plan, but they have to have different elevations. And so one house does not look like the house next door, like the house next door. They all look different. And so it's like, for example, if one is a uh, let's say builder says it's a 3212 plan and he's got this little area, and that one's gray, the one next to it cannot be gray. It has to be beige, and it has to be a different elevation in front, so it looks like a totally different house. And I like that. I like that fact. They also do a plan communities now where they're mixing, where we have some apartments, some um, townhomes, some entry-level homes, which an entry-level new construction single-family dwelling home here would be around 500000 maybe. And then this one neighborhood in Hillsborough actually has got different builders where they are mixing and matching different homes. And it's very interesting. Now, these developments will also be uh, building um, little town centers so that you can walk to get groceries. We think about walking places, and that's really nice within a a larger community that a developer is managing. And if you're not familiar with that concept, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Oh, that sounds very and we always plan for parks. Every community has to have parks. That sounds very good. A, a good mix of the way people live. And with, with each house looking different, um, it's a little bit easier for somebody to find their way home. <laughs> because exactly. You, a, new, a newcomer to a new neighborhood where there's no trees, there's no nothing, all the houses look alike, you're, you're liable to try to, try to uh, unlock the wrong front door. <laughs> until, until you get used to the place. So that's good. Um, but that sounds really cool. It sounds like they have put, um, put a lot of effort into figuring out or understanding uh, what's a, a comfortable way to live and how people, you know, how our lifestyles are changing a little bit. And then the effort of having mixed housing uh, you know, keeps it interesting and, and keeps it equitable and things like that. So that's, that sounds like a very cool way to, way to do it. Uh, what about the average price? What do you get for, I don't know, say $500,000 or $300,000? What, what's your average price and what do you get for it? 
the average sales price increased last year 7.6% from 459.2 to 494. And that's the average sale price. And that means taking the average of condos, townhomes, and single family homes all lumped together in all price ranges. Well, the homes that, you know, typically years ago would be, you know, 400,000, say 375, are now 500,000. You got three bedroom, two bath home. Probably B, uh, B, A to B condition will be close to 500,000 and it will be probably less than 2,000 square feet. And that's a big jump from previous years. And, and that depends exactly on location too, Dick. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if you are further on out, maybe in the suburbs more, you get uh, a little bit more value for your dollar than if you're close in, close in Portland, like close in southeast, northeast, southwest. Northwest, all of those areas are, their price per square foot is much higher. Well, that's a similar story that I'm hearing all throughout the West. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. just a lot of demand, primarily Mm -hmm. because of the interest rates and the need for more space. So it's not a Mm -hmm. surprise. Can you describe a home that you've just recently sold and some specifics about what they got for the home and, and such? That'll, that'll kind of paint oh, a I just put some people into a home this week, and uh, um, just a high-quality home. It's 2,920 square feet, and it had been sitting on the market, so it dropped from 695 to 675. We snatched it up, and we're pretty happy because as of this week, we closed, and it's already gone up in value. That home that has beautiful laminate floors when you enter in nice wide hallways, office slash bedroom to the right as you come in. It has three full bathrooms, so one on the main, two upstairs. has a big open kitchen with your slab court and a beautiful fireplace, um, two-car garage. The lot is amazing. It's 8,000 square feet. It's very hard to find something like that. So I was super thrilled for my clients because I feel that they got a super good value. And I love it when my clients win something like that. And then, you know, we've got another a fixer going on in Newburgh, and that's basically a three-bedroom, one-bath home that doesn't even have a, a stove, needs new wiring so that they can use it as normal days, you know, normal ways of doing it. And that's in Newburgh. It's about 20 minutes again from here. And, uh, and that's 320. So it varies. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, just real quickly, do you know how far back the area goes? I mean, you know, in terms of what's what's the the starting point for that area? It yeah. was really kind of in the 1800s. It was uh, mostly dirt roads and stuff. So early 1900s start developing a little bit more because I've been here 40 years. And so I have watched Beaverton change and grow and morph into this beautiful city that it is. The main thing is it's, it's grown mostly in the late 80s, early 90s, to in the 2000s, obviously. So okay. Nike had a big draw to it, and just I, I would imagine when when Nike uh, Nike came to town and and some of the tech firms came to town, those are all more recent uh, developments. That's when it probably really yeah. started to take off. R- right, and in 1982, Nike was in a small building along Murray Road. And then they had bought some land to make into the world headquarters. And Nike started very humbly. So I've watched that grow just from a small building on Murray Road in Beaverton into this big world yeah. headquarters. 
small building with a waffle iron as their chief uh, as their chief yeah. uh, manufacturing equipment, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, what about uh, the supply? Is it meeting demand? Are people wrapped around the block, uh, standing in line to get a new home, or what's what's going on there? I've noticed since the mid-January that the demand is very strong again. We've always had multiple offers this last year on homes, ranging if, if a home's priced right, you'll probably get anywhere from 6 to 10 to 14 offers on it or even more. With the low interest rates, um, people are able to buy more for their money, so we have more first-time buyers buying above 500000 because they've saved their money and they're able to, with the lower interest rates, get more value for their investment. So I'll be writing an offer later today on a house that's listed at 580 and I suspect it will go over 600000 It's an immaculate condition. It's out in the, in the suburbs, more in the Tualatin area. Everything's beautiful in it. So low interest rates and uh, demand for space, that is, that's the theme of real estate across the country these days. It's creating more demand, and that in turn is uh, creating higher prices. How about an um, out-of-town buyer? How can you help an out-of-town buyer with new construction? You know, they come into town and they like a place and they want to buy it, so they do, and then they leave town again to go home, how can you help them in the meantime? They're just not there. They're not there to monitor things or oh, I understand. You know, yes. be involved. So, you know, can you be the right. go-between? How does that work? Right, right. And that's exactly what I've just been doing and have done in the past, but I just finished putting someone in new construction, and that's what I was but he's helping in between the go-between, so I would attend for the inspections. Uh, we still, on new construction, I always recommend to have the home full home inspection, even though there's a warranty on the home. If they need help with a meeting with a design center, if they're at property that's at the level that uh, where they get to choose their design or colors, you know, and um, just going and checking on the property and staying on top of it and giving reports on how the property is progressing as it's being built. Communication with the listing agent um, is key, and um, and I love being on the other side where I, I have actually gotten some land for a developer and then turned and listed new home construction. So oh, nice. it helps nice. that I've been on both sides. I understand it very well. And you make it sound so easy, but it really is important that people feel connected to the process because here they are, you know, a world away. And they don't know what's going on. And, hey, what's going on with my house? So that, that's very good. Uh, keeping in touch and letting them know what's going on and wh- what the status is is very important. Well, I, I like to just think about how would I feel because when the reason I became a realtor is because my first experience, our realtor, was terrible. And so I thought, I've got to help save other people from going through that experience. So that's the impetus for me starting this. Is and that right? background. Yeah, my teaching background. So then I noticed along the way a lot of people had questions. So then I put together these steps to articulate in, in layman's language, not realtor language. And that's really important to, to hear how they speak and understand that and then communicate to them in their style. And, uh, and then I lay it out just because I used to be a teacher. I'd like to show step by step by step. This is what you can expect and this is what we do and this is why we do it and so on. And um, Do you have any questions? And so they can help feel more secure along the way. 
And, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is precisely why you should use Anne-Marie, because she's got your best interests at heart, and she's listening, and she's communicating in your style so that you can feel comfortable. Um, really, I mean, that's, that's true. I, I use my announcer voice for that, but that's really very true. And it's so good to hear, and that's, uh, I think you, you, just, um, you just espoused the nature of our network and what we do and why we do it and how we do it. And that, that was very well said, very well said. People well, need well, somebody who's going to listen. Along the way in the years, I discovered I kept saying, well, I, I'm treating your transaction as if it were my own, and all of a sudden it hit me. Yeah, I treat each transaction, whether it's a yeah. sale or buy, as if it were my own. And you've got to put attention and detail into it and not forget about it. So, Tell me, uh, what two or three things should an out-of-town buyer consider when looking to buy up there? I think it's important for them to know about, uh, uh, well, for me to know, first of all, what they're, what they're, what they're looking for. Do they want a neighborhood? with uh, certain schools in it, um, is that important to them or not? You know, what's their lifestyle? So what they should know is, uh, depending on their needs, are they looking to be downtown? Okay, this is what you can expect in downtown Portland. Or if you're looking to be in downtown Beaverton, which is where I would probably love to have them, because we have so many different restaurants. Here's the Max, here's this, that, and the other. And So it's, for me, it's finding out what what their interests are and their needs are, and then posturing, uh, giving them the information that they need uh, for that particular area. No, that's very good. People just really need to know what they want. And, of course, they need to communicate it, but you know, they need to, need to know what they want, need to know their limits. And how about uh, if, if they're coming out to look uh, and they say, hey, Anne-Marie, we met you the other day when we were in town. We want to come back in a couple of weeks. Do you suggest that they just come for a long weekend to enjoy themselves and get to know the area first, or is it is it a small enough area where they can get their arms around it pretty easily? No, I really suggest that they come for a long weekend and get to know the area first because each area is kind of unique. Each one has just a different feel to it. Beaverton is probably different than some areas in Portland. So I think it's fun for them to just to get to know the area, get to you know, come for a weekend. But most people don't have that opportunity and liberty. So what I do ahead of time is we talk about what their interests are, where they're going to work, et cetera, what's important to them. And then I take and show them around the neighborhood. So the first day we go out, I say, okay, this is this neighborhood and so on. And we look at a number of different neighborhoods, of course, first on the map, so we can get a visual of kind of where we're going, but then go showing them the neighborhoods. And then... And then usually at a home or two within each neighborhood if it's available to show in their price range. And so then the next day we try to funnel it down, fine-tune it, fine-tune it. Okay, what did you like about this and that? What are your interests? And so on. Okay, I think this might be a good area for you because I've been doing this long enough. I can kind of get an intuitive idea of what their really neighborhood or place or, or condo or whether it's downtown Portland or Beaverton, I can, I can get a really good feel of what they're really going to be happy at. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the sale. It's about them loving where they live, saying, you know, thank you so much. We just love how you helped us. That, to me, is more important than just the sale. Okay. Can I just say 
boom, you just hit the nail on the head again. Another great reason to have a good realtor on your side. That is just so important. So Anne-Marie Faulkner from Beaverton, Oregon, thank you so much for being on the show today. I, I truly enjoyed catching up with you. I appreciate your time, and I certainly hope to see you soon at one of our regional events. I hope to see you too real soon. <laughs> yes, real take soon. <laughs> you take care, be safe, and have a great week. And thank you, and thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Anne-Marie Faulkner from Beaverton, Oregon. She is, you can just tell, she's an experienced and personable professional, and she is up there ready to help you land on both feet in the Beaverton area. If you would like me to introduce you formally, please feel free to contact me or your local agent, and we will be happy to hook you up, and of course, Anne-Marie will be happy to consult with you. To understand the real value of using a realtor known to me and my colleagues, such as Anne-Marie, listen to the first episode of Eyes West. It's called the Eyes West Resource. It's at the bottom of the list in the Eyes West podcast uh, list, and it's at number one. And I make a few points in that talk, and the most important one is the value of relationships. And Anne-Marie touched on that a couple of times in here, just the way she answered questions. So when searching for Eyes West, be sure to enter it as one word, Eyes West. And to learn a little bit more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor. I'm always available for your real estate needs here in North Orange County in Southern California. And I have trustworthy colleagues throughout California who can help in areas outside my expertise. That's all for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, be good, be well, and be safe. <laughs>